Good, good, good. Nervous. <laughs> I feel like you must have been reading through my shit going, okay, whoa. <laughs> nope. Okay. Um, I was like, like, maybe this is too much. Maybe I've gone, maybe this was like way more than she wanted. But anyway, <laughs> it was good actually to, you forced me to think about some things. Um, it what you know, it's, it's not too much. Um, uh, you know, because I've got to work with so many different people. Yeah. I've worked I'm with, sure them, you know, dealt, yeah. so many different people. And, um, so it's, it's very in line with, you know, with, with, um, who I see and also what I've, what I've experienced, what I've seen in myself, you know? So like, it was interesting. It was, you know, interesting. Cause I was like, Oh, yep. Me, 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 you know? Oh, well, that's nice to hear. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, which I would, I was planning on, I'd mention, you know, there, uh, you know, during the, on the podcast for sure, because um, it's, you know, it's important. We tend to, we tend to uh, attract ourselves, you know, mm. so um, I wasn't surprised because oh, like most of my, like, I would say a hundred percent of my clients, I tend to, you know, I tend like it, it, it's usually a mirror. Oh, wow. That's intense. All right, guys, I'm here today with Monica Reyes. Hi, Monica. Hi. Hi, I'm very nervous. Um, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself, but before I do, before you do that, I'm actually going to tell everybody where I met you, and it's through Katie's group, which I've been raving about, um, the biographical design community uh, group. So Monica was brought in, so we meet every other week. Uh, sometimes Katie's leading those sessions. Other times she brings in outside experts into the group. Uh, from what I understand, you've worked with Katie uh, as well um, yeah. with some of this work and uh, mindset work. Uh, but you're an awareness strategist and a TEDx speaker, which is very cool. So why don't you, I'm going to let you tell me about yourself and what you do and how you work with clients. Okay, perfect. So, you know, a big part of my background is I'm an attorney. Uh, I was a, yep, I'm an an attorney. I'm legally, I'm licensed. Um, I'm still kind of practicing um, with like specific select clients. Uh, So that's a really big part of my background because that actually allows me to to do a lot of the things that I do now. Uh, I'm also a speaker, as you mentioned. I work primarily with with leaders, change makers, people that want to make impact, executives, professional athletes, and I help guide them and expand their spiritual awareness, their self-awareness, emotional awareness, um, and really helping them find meaning and purpose in their life and to remember who they are. So that is really, um, that's really what I do. That's amazing. What kind of lawyer are you? So I am, uh, I mean, I've done, I've done so much. I've done a lot right now. I typically work with like business, business clients. One of my more recent, um, uh, endeavors was being hired, um, as a consultant. Um, and in essence, you know, and I actually tried this with one of my own cases where, um, I, we had a, a some sort of settlement. There was like a clearly like you owe me a hundred thousand dollars kind of thing. And, um, and I used the spiritual and energetic work. I brought it into this 
into this, um, this line of work, into this case. And it was so powerful because we really were able to like see the benefits of what happens when we program the space, what happens when we use, you know, the, the, the energy and use the energetic relationship and the agreement between the relationships and use it as a mirror to work through and resolve my own stuff, you know, so that you, these, these women were able to then show up so powerfully in the mediation into the settlement, which they hadn't been able to do before. And, uh, and they ended up getting way more than they expected. And I, and the other party, I think, did not expect that they would be paying as much as they were. And it was beautiful because we ended, we ended it with like hugs and kisses so that the relationship was preserved also, which is what they wanted. Very powerful. Wow. That's amazing. And so what kind of, what got you into this line of work? Um, you know, it was really just my own personal journey. So as a new mom back in 2000, so back in 2011, as a, as a first, as an entrepreneur, I started to, I picked up the practice of meditation by necessity. I was really stressed out as a first time entrepreneur mm-hmm. and the first year was incredibly difficult. Meditation really, really grounded me. I started to see like the power of manifestation and things kind of organizing. I saw that for the first time. And so I kept meditating. And as a new mom, my my company really started to take off. And I knew that being pregnant with my daughter, I would really need to handle the stress. And I started to learn about the power of epigenetics yeah. um, and how, you know, what who we are as mothers can deeply affect the genetic makeup of the children that we birth and, um, and how every, every, the way that I breathe, the way, what I thought, the way that I felt about the world would, it would affect how she felt and how she, you know, all of it. So, um, I, I started to really deeply, uh, transform and really work, you know, transformationally within my own self. And in doing that, I started to experience the spiritual awakening. I experienced major transformation in that. I started to expand my own awareness. I started to see life very differently. I had major paradigm shifts happen. Um, and at some point in 2000, after I brought it all into the law firm, into the leadership, I started working with my own business partners. And, um, and I just, I fell in love with it. And I just, I couldn't unring that bell. I mean, after I'd seen what this was what was possible here. I couldn't possibly in my, you know, in my own personal experience, continue to work in the field of, of what I was doing. It just didn't feel, it didn't feel, it didn't feel resonant anymore. So I, in essence, left my law firm. We closed, we, you know, we ended up closing it down and, um, and I launched my new career. And, um, did you do that work on your own or you worked with somebody? I worked on my own. I had a mentor who was a business mentor who happened to be very, very heavy in spiritual, like spiritual principles. She knew she introduced me to a lot of different works, but for the most part, I, I, I figured it out on my own. I'm, I'm an investigator. That's my Enneagram. So I like, Oh, you know, I love that we're talking about the Enneagram. <laughs> we talk about a, that on that one day or no? Um, I don't think we did. I don't think okay, we did. Okay. Cause I got real deep into the Enneagram a while, like this year sometime and I was obsessed. Oh, I love it. Yes. And I, you know, I, I just, I'd learned so much about myself and I was, and I'm, I'm a natural researcher and a natural learner and I figured it out on my own. And, you know, and for a while I just, I simply, like I taught my own process and then eventually mm. I got certified, became a Kundalini yoga certi- certified teacher, became a certified transpersonal psychology co- coach, um, in the work of psychosynthesis, which is really powerful, which we'll actually experience today. And, oh, uh, wow. yeah. And you I don't know, know what now, that is. You'll experience that. It's um, it's 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 the synthesis of the science and the spirit. So it's like it's you know um, it. We'll t- we can talk about it more as it's happening. You know, okay. But, uh, 
you know, but it's very powerful and you'll, you'll experience it. Um, but it's mainly, it, it, it's what happens in the psyche. Um, and, uh, and then I, um, and now I'm like really focused on the, in the world of ener- energetics, which is really exciting. So I'm going to, I'm right now currently in a, in a program doing that. Very cool. And I feel like there's something to be said about, like you figured it out yourself. It almost feels like it was like just kind of in you already. And you finally, this experience almost like happened, the universe made it happen so that you could connect with it and be doing what you're supposed to be doing, which I love. Yes. And okay. What's, what about your, like your experience? Is this, was, was, was this kind of like where your parents settle into spirituality or like, do you have any of this from your early childhood or like, this is completely like something that interested you out of nowhere? A great question. I was, uh, I was like spirituality is more religion. I was raised, you know, my parents were never really religious, but I went to religious schools. So I went yeah. to uh, like a Lutheran school and then I went to Catholic school and, and then Christian school, private school, my whole life, all the way through law school. So it's, oh, there's the church has always been a big part of my life. In college, I started to question it. I took a philosophy of religion class and it like kind of broke me apart. And, um, and I kind of lost my connection to God. It wasn't until I got into this relationship, it was a abusive relationship. And, um, and, you know, and he was, he was just kind of finding God and he ended up passing away. But right before, kind of before he did, um, we, you know, like I went to church with him and had kind of reconnected. And, and when he died, um, that, that is what, like, I, that's the wisdom. That's like what I gained from that experience was this connection to the universe. And, um, and, you know, and I, you know, found it and lost it and found it and lost it. And then, but ever since, um, since like that, you know, that I would say really my, the birth of my daughter and then really Kundalini, oh my gosh, it was like opened something up where now it's, it's yeah. It's and it, and it, and the beautiful thing is, um, in my own experience and in 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 my own like opening and my own, you know, deep listening and connection and relationship with the divine. My mother has has really um, opened herself up to her, you know, to her relationship. So I am. It definitely there were like some seeds, um, but it is it is for sure like different, new, and mm-hmm. not religion. Mm-hmm. Right. So to kind of fill everybody in. Um, I approached this with Monica of the concept of, okay, well, backtrack. When I, the first time I met you, it was uh, in the mastermind session, like with the group of designers and we, you came in and talked about mindset and we talked about worthiness. Um, I don't know, remember if it was the entire topic, but worthiness came up and um, it was very triggery for me. And uh, I just kind of started, I mean, it's not like, it's not brand new information to me. I knew that I, I struggle with confidence issues and feelings of worthiness. And so uh, Katie had suggested, said, you know, she, you know, she has been open to offering like to chat with uh, designers if, if anyone's interested. And I thought, well, what if we did, uh, you know, you do your thing that you do on an episode and heaven forbid, I don't know how this is going to play out and if it's actually going to (laughs) air because I don't know how this is going to go. And you were amazing. And you said, let's do it. And I thought it could be interesting for people to see like how you work firsthand and what we do. And um, just, uh, I don't know, just also people to know, like, we're all struggling, you know, people think, oh, Michelle's confident because of podcasts. But it's the truth is we all like on the surface, we always look like we got our shit together, but we're all struggling with something.
This podcast is supported by Ultralux Linens. And guess what, guys? I got my new living room drapes. And of course, it was Ultralux Linens that made them. And they're absolute pure perfection. So I have never owned real drapes before. No, I've owned real drapes. I haven't owned custom drapes before. And so I really feel like I've made it. And I love them because they don't flare on the bottom, which is a huge pet peeve of mine. I don't like a really bulky drape. And so when they arrived, they were perfectly accordion folded. Don't think that's the technical term for it, but they were perfect and they went in and it's like it transformed my living room. They are made perfectly. The pleat is perfect. I'm, the length was perfect. Everything was amazing. And I've got more drapes coming in. It's like... They're coming, they're coming fast and furious. I've got my bedroom and I've got my music nook and dining room next, so I'll keep you posted. But guys, they carry over 75 different fabric brands and the great thing is it's all under one roof. You're gonna get the exact same designer pricing you'd get if you went to all of these brands direct. You can tell them about new brands you're interested in in case they don't happen to have them and she will absolutely try to get those for you. So they have towels, you can pick the colors that you want. They have bed linens, you can get custom duvet covers made. Again, just pick any old fabric you want, get exactly what you need, bingo bango, you are done. And there's so much more. They carry so many different things. It's incredible. If you are not already following them on Instagram, go to Ultralux Linens, follow them. Let's give them a little love. Also go to ultraluxlinens.com and if you are in the GTA and you are at the Toronto International Design Center, they are suite 202 on the second floor. So go check them out, guys. They're amazing. And so it started by you sending me a few questions and I got those yesterday morning. I sat down and I answered them and she basically opened, she opened it. She opened me up a little bit. Um, so kind of asking about like my early childhood experience. So I'm going to let you take it from here and tell me. Okay. About All right. Continue let's on start. whatever we're doing here today. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So I just want to first off acknowledge you for, for your courage and for being so brave and for your willingness to open up your life and yourself, uh, you know, to be able to show, um, as the leader that you are, um, you know, to be vulnerable and to, to open up the sort of the, the curtain so that so that others can, you know, can can see and can feel and can understand. It's really, really um, it's inspiring and it's beautiful. And um, yeah, and it's very courageous. So oh, I just yeah, wanted to acknowledge <laughs> for doing that. It's not a little thing. Um, and uh, whatever, you know, other, the other thing I wanted to kind of preface is that, you know, this is going to be one session, um, you know, and so there will likely be more work that will need, be needed. Um, I, I will give you um, some things to work on. Okay. And so, you know, and so usually what will happen is like, we'll be work, we'd be working on a topic like this for several sessions, because, mm-hmm. you know, this is definitely something from childhood. Um, although, you'll, you'll definitely gain value. You'll, you'll, you know, they're, they're, you know, and I don't, I don't want to like, I try not to hold like an agenda or needing a breakthrough. I want, you know, this is your process and whatever is meant to happen today will. And so I'm just here to hold the space, loving space to kind of bring it all up. And then this is what we do with it, you know? And so things may happen today, but I just want to hold that intention. Um, and that there's nothing wrong with you and anybody else that's watching this, you know, we all, there's no, there's nothing, no such thing as a perfect childhood. And, you know, what you'll really learn quickly is that everything, 
everything is happening for you and that everything in your past was actually a perfect recipe, exact ingredients that you were provided for you that happened for you so that, you know, you could perform whatever you're here on earth to do, you know, always preparing you for that next moment. And so that's, um, you know, just kind of also sort of setting that perspective, you know, of loving, of kindness, of compassion and somewhat neutrality. Cause sometimes, you know, there's going to be, there's definitely going to be a charge an emotional charge because you know, this is your, this is your life. This is your family. This is your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so I sent Michelle several questions about worthiness kind of, and so we'll go through some of, you know, we'll go through many of these questions. I've highlighted a lot of the things that I'm going to bring up. I've mm-hmm. written out um, my, a lot of, um, you know, I kind of already kind of know why and where and what to do, but I will just do this um, sure. so you can kind of see and we'll start to tease things apart. Yeah. Um, I want to start off with a tuning in to kind of bring us into the, into here, because, you know, I know I can feel how this could be a little, you know, this is where this is live and so forth. So, um, and this, this is your first time as well. And sometimes the first time can be nerve wracking anyway. So let's go ahead and start off with five deep breaths. All right. So we're going to inhale, closing your eyes or soft gaze down to the ground. And we're just going to start off in through the nose, out through the mouth, taking your time, fully arriving to this moment, calling all of yourself in the part of you that may be thinking about, you know, I'm on a podcast, what will this be like? Calling all of you in and just just like emptying yourself out into this moment, giving yourself full permission to be here right now and you will deal with all of the rest after. And after that, that fifth exhale, keeping your eyes closed, And moving from that conscious effort, that conscious will of moving the breath consciously to now letting go and letting life begin to breathe you. Just noticing with wonder the breath and how it's always been here for you. No matter what has happened, no matter what the situation is, the circumstance, your breath has always provided you with a dependability, consistency, reliability. You can trust it. You trust it so much that you surrender. You don't try to make it anything than it is. In fact, you sometimes forget about it. You just, you function. So you can function. That's how much you trust it. You trust this intelligence within you to breathe you every moment. And now expanding beyond your body and feeling the connectedness, feeling the intelligence beyond you, feeling the intelligence as it makes the sun rise and set, the oceans ebb and flow, the seasons, life turning, life living. And you trust all of this too. 
This provides you a certain safety and security, just feeling what that feels like in your body. Like, I know that the sun will rise tomorrow. I know that I will breathe another breath. And now bringing yourself back into your body. Once again, noticing the breath, the inhale and the exhale. Perfection of the breath. The silence in between the breath. And now let us end with three deep inhale and exhales, suspending when you inhale, holding your breath and suspending when you exhale, blowing it all out. And when you're done with that third exhale, opening up your eyes, coming back into the room, into this moment. Come back. Good to be back. <laughs> okay, beautiful. All right. So the topic we're going to be talking about today is going to be worthiness. And so the question that I asked you was, what does worthiness mean to you? And um, do you want to do you want to kind of tell us what you feel? Mm-hmm. What does worthiness mean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So for me, worthiness would be feeling confident to be myself no matter who I'm around, wherever I am, Um, feeling confident enough to be assertive when I need to be, Um, being able to take a project and believe that I can deliver and that I'm talented enough. Um, I feel like those are probably the cores, like that kind of I struggle with on the regular that, I think, you know. And what does it look like struggle? What does the struggle look like? Um, like, I guess, like turmoil. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, anxiety. I feel like it manifests a lot in anxiety. So it's, it's a, you know, constantly, I think we talked a little bit about this uh, during the session, but sometimes I don't trust myself either. So it's like something good might be happening where, and all of a sudden, I assume this person must want something from me. And I feel like that must have to do with worthiness. Cause like, why can't somebody just be contacting me because they think I'm talented or, um, you know, finish, like, if I take on a project, and I know I have a presentation, um, I mean, some of this, I think, could have a lot to do with ADHD, which is a whole other thing, too, like, it's a whole, like, the duo is a bit of a thing, but, um, you know, I have anxiety at night, like, I can't deliver, I don't think I can do this, and, um, and it just turns into overwhelm, like, that's a whole different thing, but, it's so for me, I feel like it just turns into a lot of anxiety, self-doubt. And I feel like I 
I thought that, and I think part of my procrastination issues have a lot to do with ADHD, but I also wonder, I'm starting to wonder if it's my perfectionism. Like, so perfectionism is another really big thing that I struggle with, um, people pleasing. And it's as if, and I'm, and I've been really thinking about this a lot lately and that I feel like maybe it has to do with how I had to be for my parents. So I basically assumed like I have to be like that. Yeah, everyone. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I hold myself at such a high standard um, that it like paralyzes me from mm-hmm. being able to move forward. I don't really understand like how it manifests. Like, I don't know what it is that manifests like if it is what's making me procrastinate or if it is more also ADHD, which is also a common side effect or symptom, whatever you want to call it. Um, but for me, it's the, a, a big thing for me that I'm struggling with that causes anxiety is procrastination. Yeah. Is it ADHD? Is it issues with worthiness and fear of failure and needing to be perfect? I just don't know. Yeah. And okay. Then, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. like the, that's the, and it just turns into anxiety and tell me about the <laughs> tell me yeah and it, it's totally um and there is definitely a connection a thread there and we'll tease that apart I just want to ask um tell me about the ADHD um you touched upon it in your questionnaire that you struggled with it you got criticism over it you didn't necessarily know at the time that it was ADHD so it was officially diagnosed what did it look like like how did it play out how is it expressed so in upon reflection of my life, I understand now more of like things that were happening. So I feel like when I was really young, well, I mean, there were certain things like uh, in school. So for girls, it just manifests way differently. So nobody knew like girls could have ADHD back in the day. But um, for me, I talked all the time. So I would get in trouble all the time for talking. Um, I also, you know, I remember not being able to, I can't work I, in during school time so like if I was asked to do something during school time I couldn't do it and to this day I can't be creative in front of other people or I can't be in art class so and I'm learning now that could that's probably an ADHD thing Uh, I I do feel like I was criticized a lot you know like for doing things wrong all the time or being a certain way or you know I've always felt a little bit different like you know I, I felt like I wasn't like the other girls so I was and then that made me feel shame and like I would try to be a different way than I was. So that I think manifested. What were the other girls like? Girly and like I was always joking and I was loud. And so I rem- I have this memory of like in elementary school where one day I was like, okay, Michelle, you're going to go to school today and you're not going to say one joke. And it's like the weirdest thing I don't understand, but for some reason I remember this. And so it was just like always looking at like, I wish I was more like her. I mean, I was like that my whole life. It's it's embarrassing to admit, but I would always be looking at other girls and being like, yeah. I wish I was like that. Yeah. And then I would like mimic it. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. so I was never able to just be myself and own that. And it was a bit weird and it was a bit different. And like, you know, um, and then, you know, teachers criticizing parent, my parents, but I mean, they would have criticized anyway, I feel like, cause that was just how they were. Um, and then, you know, Later in life, like college, I really, like high school and college, I really started to realize I had procrastination issues, but I just assumed I was like lazy and not doing my work. Um, 
And then I basically I would do like a three month project and do it in a night. And then what, what happens as a result is like, it was still good work. Like it was never the worst in the class, but it was, so it started, it was always like I was living below my potential when I feel like I know I have way more in me, but something doesn't allow me to action. And then um, where it really started to rear its ugly head for me was I felt like the older I got and more was at stake. Like now I'm, you know, an executive. I was I used to be in marketing at in a company for a franchise company. And now my procrastination, like it is becoming a problem. My inability to feel confident at a meeting with a group of executives was humiliated. Like I internally was like feeling humiliated And then now fast forward to me starting my business where now I really like take ownership of what I'm doing and I want to do amazing work and I want, it means so much to me to live up to my potential and be amazing that I feel like this thing that's making me procrastinate, which I started to dig deeper. And then I think it was last year. I, I first, I don't know what it was. Something went like, what if it's ADHD? I don't even remember what or how this nugget was planted. And I started to Google and then I found this blog and I I actually did a podcast about this where I shared, like I, I started to dig and I found this blog that said, it was basically like, if you don't, if you feel any of these things then you don't have ADHD and it was like everything on it. Like I started to cry because it was just like, you know, you don't live out, you don't feel like you're living up to your potential. You're, you know, this, that, like, and it just like, I was just like, what the hell? Like, this is what I, this is it. Like, so then I made an appointment to, to get tested. So this was last year and like last year I was 39. So like it's, and then, so then you look back on your life and you feel like, what the fuck? Like, how did nobody catch, like, you feel like you've lost like so much potential of, of like 39 years, right. From something that, if you could have known earlier. Um, so, and then now it's starting to rear real, its ugly head again, post COVID things have gotten really busy and my procrastination is just like, and what happens is it just becomes this overwhelm where I can't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And um, sure, because you've got all these things to do and I'm not um, doing yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And I don't do it procrastination um you know i don't know what the i'd love to see the qualities of what adhd but like not living up to full potential that you don't have to have adhd to have that mm-hmm. i don't believe because i work with no no know, for sure yeah. um with procrastination i mean you know what i've seen procrastination at like b is a defense mechanism and you'd mention it like fear of failure fear of success um you know so there is um if you're if your fear of failure is strong enough and in your case it just might be um because so you don't feel um, it though like do you have to know that you're fearing failure because i don't feel like i you don't there's a lot of unconscious work so i'm going to tell you so let's let me let me explain how this uh the mental constructs work and i'm i'm going to going to i guess like um i'll just kind of uh point like from your questionnaire i'll mm-hmm. kind of tell you what i found okay um so these so we you know between the ages of 0 to 7 but really these can be formed at any time because i've found them for me i've even seen them formed you know as a mother as a um you know so if we have some sort of emotional um like adverse experience and you know in between ages 0 to 7 we're building about 95% of our subconscious mind mm-hmm. and we create these mental constructs these adaptive selves, identities, 
they could be called subpersonalities, where there is something happening in our life and we learn to adapt ourselves, we condition ourselves, we train ourselves, and it creates this whole identity so that we can adapt to this conflict or whatever's happening here in our life, usually from our parents or somebody that we really you know, care about trust. Um, maybe, maybe it's like some sort of, some sort of, um, it's like a, it's like some sort of place in our lives where it could, you know, it could have been a bully. It could be, you know, and you have specific elements in your history that for sure have caused you to adapt yourself to be a certain like to create a, like a, like a callus to create a subpersonality so that you can stay loved, connected, secure, or safe. Mm -hmm. And we do that. And then what happens is most of the time, these just continue to go with us all the way through. Mm -hmm. We never end up, you know, until we break it open and we, it's revealed and we see the root, we're like, it's, it becomes, it's who we are. And we, we, we are, and what's interesting about these mental constructs that live in our psyche is they are stunted in the age that they were formed. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, if you are feeling like, wow, you know, I'm procrastinating, there might be a little girl that's like putting inside of you, that's putting on the brakes, like, you know, if we know if we fail, we're going to get, you know, disappointment from our parents or, we're, you know, I'm, you know, so there, cause, and, and, and it might be like almost like a life or death. Like if I, if I mess this up, there's a part of me that still believes that it is not safe to be me. It is not, you know, I will experience the rage of my father. I will experience, you know, my, my, my parents will not love me, you know, and even though it doesn't make sense, yeah. even though clearly the client is not your parents, the, there's a part of you inside that does believe it. So, um, so, you know, procrastination could be a defense mechanism. It can be like, I'm going all in. I want, I want to, you know, I want to experience success. And then there's a part of you that's like, parking break, you know, hold on. It's not safe because X, Y, or, you know, X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And once you realize what that is, like, what is the thing? What is the thing that you're afraid of? What, what is the, why is the parking break on? What does this part of me need? And then you figure out a way to provide that to yourself you know, and that's the beautiful thing about this journey now, now that you're digging into this, you know, all the parts of you that have been, you know, that feel unloved or feel unconnected or, you know, they're feeling this unworthiness. You get to go back now as the adult, as a, and reparent yourself, provide your, provide these parts of you, the love that you wanted from your mom or your parents, provide yourself the attention to be seen, the work, you know, all of it. And you'll start to see the parts, that part mature, 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 mature. Um, and it, it, it will, it will like, like unlock from its distortion. Cause that's mm -hmm. all it is. It's just a distortion. Right. Yeah. So, um, and hearing that, did anything come up for you and listening to that before I move forward? Listening to what you just said. Yeah. I mean, when you said, um, I, well, first of all, I've never heard anybody explain like, you know, people talk about fear of failure, feel like, you know, like, I feel like the way you explain that makes a lot of sense. Um, like, I feel like, I just feel like it makes sense. Like I think about how both my brother and I were, you know, a lot of parents, a lot of kids will rebel, but we, we did not do that. No. We were too no. afraid. Like, yeah. so, and I think that's like a really important part of maybe not rebelling per se, but finding your voice and, you know, being yes. able to say no. Yes. And to so anybody. Yes. Yeah. And to your parents. Right. And we just never had that. And to this day, I really, I, I mean, I tread the line a little more than my brother even, but, um, 
I just feel like it, it resonates a lot and it's kind of crazy. and so I guess like I mean yeah I just it's weird it seems like so over the top for your subconscious to to do that but it's like it I mean if I mean I can imagine um I'm I'm sorry if this is okay I can imagine if it is um like just imagine though like you know, what had to be put into place so that you could adapt. So, because like you were, what was afraid based out of, what were you afraid would happen? If you didn't listen to your parents, what, what would have happened? I mean, I don't know like what I believe would, would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't actually know what I thought would happen. Cause like, I don't think they were going to like not love us, but maybe I thought that cause I was a kid. I thought they wouldn't love us. Um, like I know my, I, I mean, in my adult years, my dad's the type of person is like, he'll just, to this day, I know, like if I did something wrong, I feel like he'd come me out of his life like that. No questions asked if I, for, yeah. he does it for. And what would that feel like if he, if he were to cut you out of his life? What would that feel like? I mean, that would feel, I mean, I would, it, well, now in my life, if he cut me out of his life, I feel like I would be sad. But I would be like, yeah, that sounds about right. But I mean, back in the day, something like that, obviously, I would feel rejected and like, I'm not worthy. Like, my, you know, yeah, it would almost feel like a death. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, when you're like, when as a child, you're so dependent on your parents. I mean, like, yeah. you know, for survival, yeah. you know, so if one of them were to cut you out or one of them were to stop loving you, especially when you were like, you know, you had mentioned the word was like, this is my, I had a cold household mm-hmm. um, or, you know, you didn't um, like some of the answers were like, you know, I, I wanted to snuggle with my snuggle up to my mother. And, you know, and she, and she said that French saying of like, mm-hmm. you know, carry your own weight. Like I, I, you didn't get the love that you wanted or, or felt like you needed as a child. And so like that, there was, it's, it was already limited, limited loving. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to do something you know, despite of them, then you didn't even get the love that you were already getting, you know? So I can totally see how, and you do that chronically, meaning you do that every single day of your life until you're out of that household, Mm -hmm. becomes a neural, becomes a neural pathway, becomes who you are. It becomes an adaptive self. It becomes, this is how you see the world. And they're the fundamental relationships of your life. They symbolize the people that, Mm -hmm. you know, they symbolize the world until you see otherwise, unless you had like an aunt or a grandmother or someone else that was like, that mm-hmm. showed you differently, that tends to be, that tends to be like the definition of what people are like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I could, I could, I could absolutely see that, you know, why you would feel what you're feeling right now, you know, what you're experiencing. Um, I could, I can totally see like, um, you know, some of the things like, so I'm going to just go through them. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Totally. So normally, so like normally, what I do is I'll just go through this. So, um, yep. you know, I lack, um, you know, it's like I often feel like I'm not cool enough to be friends with certain people. When I when I first <laughs> read, sounds um, so stupid. <laughs> it's not. It's okay. not. Not, uh, and it's so common. It okay. is so common. It is so common. You know what I? Um, I first of all, um, when I read that statement, what came to mind was outsider. I'm an outsider. Um, I don't like, I'm not, I'm like, that's what came, the the word that came to mind. And then later on you used, you were talking about, you know, um, I asked, did either of your parents struggle with wordiness? And he said, I don't know, to be honest, I'm not that close. 
while I grew up with them, we didn't talk. There was no closeness. So they didn't let you in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was like, so I felt like there was for sure some sort of thread of like, you know, I'm not let in by my own parents. Therefore, I, you know, I'm not let in by, you know, I, I can't be let in by people that I admire, people that I, you know, see are cool or your definition of perfection, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you dig in there. Yeah. Um, kind of like, it's almost as if like my definition of everything I'm not kind of thing, yes. like that I wish I was or don't see it. I'm different. And I'm ADHD and I have, you know, and I'm not perfect. And I was criticized, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and you weren't allowed to be you, you weren't yeah. allowed to be you anyway, because like your parents, your, you know, you, you, um, your parents bought the, what they wanted for you and decided what they wanted for you. So it was like, that was a rejection. That was like, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to be you. We're going to tell you who you, who to be. And so you're left with who the hell am I? What, yeah. you know, you know, it's so funny you say that because, um, Give me a hot minute here. (laughs) Um, My old best friend, like we used to talk about confidence all the time. And she'd be like, I'd be like, how are you so confident? Like, you're so confident. She's like, I just figure this person doesn't like me. It's their loss. I'm like, oh. And she's like, I just don't understand like why you lack confidence. Like you're awesome. Like you're this, you're that, whatever. And um, I totally just lost my train of, oh, and and then we would talk like, let's say I was going on a date or something. And she'd be like, just be yourself. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like I, like I remember feeling like, I don't know when I'm in a situation, like if I'm not intimidated by somebody in some way, I can be completely myself. And normally that person, like, like men, for example, back in the day, a guy I had no interest in, I'd totally be myself. They always ended up liking me. Yeah. But then you put me in a situation with somebody who I'm like, oh, I want to be their friend or, you know, I want love from them. They represent my parents. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I have lost the ability to be myself. It's as if like certain people who I feel less than, it turns off my ability to be myself. You turn into, you turn into, into the child. Yeah. You probably turn into your inner child, into that wounded child of, of like, all of a sudden, I don't know who I am. Like it, you know, and there are, there, there sometimes like markers, certain markers of people who remind you of the certain markers of your, of your parents or whoever, you know, whoever like started kind of created that relationship. It will like, it, you know, it becomes like this perfect lock and key where all of a sudden it's a defense mechanism or it just, you know, it's like a, um, you just revert Mm. back into that, you know? Um, and so it's, the way over that would be to be intentional. Um, and I'm going at the end, I'm going to tell you all the things that we okay. can do to, um, to like work through this. So, because mm-hmm. like whoever's popping up in that moment is a subpersonality. So she's literally taken over. She's like, she's taken over. And we have many of these subpersonalities that they're, they're like fragments. They're like fragments of a personality that have the adapted selves. And, um, you know, and so, what you'll, what you'll eventually do is, um, is you will create a relationship with her. And so, you know, because right, right then there, she takes control of you energetically, you know, you, you may even change your tone of voice, your body language. It's like, I mean, everything she takes over, they take over your, um, your psychological function. So your thinking, your intuition, your impulse, your desire, your bodily sensations, your emotions. Um, I mean, all of it. And so what'll happen is you'll need to create enough awareness which I, I, which, which you can do that through meditation, mindfulness practices, Mm -hmm. where you all of a sudden create this part of you where it's this witness. And so 
when it happens, you'll know, you'll be like, oh my gosh. Okay. Or you'll feel that there's the intimidating person and you'll know automatically like, uh oh, this may happen. And then it happens. And then you create a, you create a relationship with her. You, you can be adult Michelle and then be with this. Wow. Very powerful. Um, yeah. Rather than be hijacked. Cause that's what they do. They hijack. Wow. Yeah. We'll so say after we you. talked, yeah, I, um, you had talked about the sitting in that feeling and then I started doing some research and then I found this meditation and it was, I don't remember what, it was a YouTube thing. Um, I just listened to it and it was about being in a meadow and then it says to go to this uh, home and I, I think it could be any home, but I always would go back to my own home and it says like on the door, it says your inner child. And then mm-hmm. I walked in and like, I just... Like it, like it made me cry, like going through that minute. I mean, not every time, I guess I've done it three times, but it's just so heavy. Sometimes I'm like, I can't do this today. But I was just like, it's always really crazy. And it's about being like that, you know, person that you need for yourself in those moments and whatnot. That's but. it. Yeah. And you, and you, and, and it, she, the person that shows up, like when you're intimidated is probably a little girl. And so, you know, there's a exercise that I do where you, we can go back in time and we can go into like guided imagery and you'll actually meet her. You'll see her dressed, you'll see her age, and then you create a relationship with her and you ask her, like, you tell her everything and that you can do this it's the creation of the relationship between you and your little girl. And you can tell her all the things that you've ever wanted to hear. Like everything that she needs to hear, like, you know, like, I love you. You are perfect. Exactly the way that you are. You are enough, you know, all those things like, and truly, you know, and, and, and so you feel, you feel the receiving of it and you get to give it to you. And it becomes this really, really delicate, tender relationship. And every time you feel that, you know, intimidation, once you create that relationship, you, you know, you feel her coming up, you tell her, it's okay, we've got this. You can trust me. I've got your back. Like, you know, you can stand in adult Michelle and then, and still be like giving her what she needs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's pretty intense. And you can do that with all of your subpersonalities. So yeah. I want to, let's go through. Okay. So, um, so, intim- okay. So some of the things like, um, let's go, let's jump here. Um, okay. So the other thing about worthiness that I thought was interesting. So I'm just going to go through notes. I, I've never done this sort of setup. So I'm just sure. going to, so did either of your parents struggle with worthiness? So you mentioned they weren't, there was no closeness. You mentioned your father was, um, he was bipolar. I would call him a narcissist. Um, so what's interesting, and you said that he had an overinflated feeling of self-worth. So, so what happens in the mind is not only do we create these adapted selves, we also create definitions. So if, you know, so there's a part of you that isn't, doesn't feel worthy. However, if you like, let's say that you had a definition that was created from your father of like, this is what self-worthiness looks like. I don't want to be self-worthy. So if, if, you know, if your father, you said that he was self-worthy and if that's what you believed was self, what self-worthiness looked like, because that's what you had grown up with, that's the definition, that's the, the, the symbolism of it. Then, you know, and if he was like, he was, you know, wasn't great to your mother and he was raging and, you know, all of those things, then you may, you could hold, you might hold on to not wanting to be self-worthy because self-worthiness equals this. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Something to unpack. Wow. Okay. So one thing I will say, I, again, you're probably just going to tell me it's an, it's a subconscious thing, but I've never like, you asked me about worthiness. So that was like uh, about them and their feelings. Like, so I don't know if I've ever looked at him and thought that aside from like, 
I mean, I don't know if as a child, like I, I look back now, so I don't know what I'm trying to say. And I'm not saying anything is that I don't know if that as a child, I overtly like acknowledged that until reflecting upon my father in my more adult years, to be honest, in my like thirties plus of really reflecting like, Oh, Hey, that childhood was weird, which I feel like we didn't really realize that until, you know, or, or acknowledge it or say it, but are you, would you say that like, that's something you could just subconsciously interpret and, and yeah, I mean, because maybe why I asked you at the beginning, what does worthiness mean to you? Cause you likely didn't have that, that verbiage of worthiness when you yeah, were no. could have been, could have just been like, like an essence. Yeah. For Conf- me, it's confidence. Yeah. Confidence. I always and talk so about my lack of confidence. Was overly confident because yes. he was then. Okay. And yep. you might not want to be confident because you're going to be, if you're not going to want to be him possibly mm. because of what, okay. you know, and so that's all. It's just simply yeah. like, okay. I take note there and yeah, I, I, get to create, I get to create what confidence looks like for me and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to look like that. And so it, I don't have to be my father in that way. Like, and so it's just, it's more of like an awareness so that you get to create, it doesn't have to look like anything that you've, that you've seen in the past, I guess. Sometimes okay. just bringing up an awareness is, is just enough so that you're like, okay, like doesn't have to be that way. So maybe that unlocks something for you to have access to confidence. Maybe yeah. you weren't allowing yourself to be confident, you know? So it's just, just adding another it. layer, so many layers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So the other thing, um, let's see here. Um, yeah. If I'm confident, I will close that worthy of attention. My mom. And also, um, you know, it was, you know, and also the interesting, like, you know, what your mother meant for you, like, you know, if she chose a man that would treat her in that way, then that means that, you know, she, like, there is a part of her, like, a like, like in, in yeah. witnessing, what did that mean? You know, she, she, she wasn't worthy of love or wasn't worthy of relationship that saw her worthy, you know? So again, all of, you know, this is all, this is all the things that, that create the definitions in your own mind. And again, it doesn't have to look like that for you. You get to yeah. be that transitional character. You get to, you know, get to change the script, but it's important just to kind of open it up so you can see, okay, that, that might, I can see how that might affect me there. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so uh, were either of them part of your not feeling worthy? Yes. I feel quite confident that my feelings of unworthiness stem from my parents in my childhood. I struggle to remember much, but what I know is I was raised to be perfect. So Okay. So there goes the anything other than perfect isn't worthy of love. So that might be also why you procrastinate. Mm-hmm. That perfectionism might be like, oh, if I don't, if I turn this in and it's not perfect, I will not be loved or I will lose connection or I, that person will be disappointed. Like there is something wrapped up in your relationship with your parents that may be bleeding into your everyday life right now. That is like about that perfectionist. I can't make mistakes. I'm not good enough. If I'm not perfect, I will disappoint. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm? Absolutely. I mean, for sure. Like I, it's like, I'm feeling like I've been trying to do some work on myself and there is some awareness and it's like, I have been trying to have these conversations like internally, like, so Michelle, if you present to this client and it doesn't, you know, and they're disappointed, what's going to happen? Like what is going to happen? You're going to, you can undo it. You can fix it. You know, it's not the end of the world, but I do have this like, uh, confrontation for me is like, I, I don't want any part of it. I never want to like, and it's hard with what we do designers because we're, it's constantly a state of dealing with shit going wrong. And I freaking hate it, which is like, it's a constant state of having to give bad news 
having to be assertive with my trades and, you know, being just terrified. I've like realized that I just disappointing somebody is yeah, just terrifying to me. I can imagine you're never relaxed. It's like you turn never. the project in the grade. Yes, oh my never. God, I don't like it. What's going on? Um, and so that, so, um, so there is a, the fact that you feel that way means that you have identified with your work. So like mm. your work has become you. So if yep. they reject your work, they reject you. When yep. there is like a separation, your work has nothing to do with you. You can't, mm-hmm. you're not being, you can't, you can't possibly be defined by your work. You are undefinable. You're the universe. You're amazing. You're, you know, you are like, you're, you, you, there's, it's impossible to limit yourself to that, you know, point of, but, but because I can see why though, with, you know, with the things that we've talked about, why, why that might happen. And so creating separation like of that, you know, because my work is basically like the output of what I do that got me love when I was a kid. So I've basically learned that whatever I do, not who I am, Yes. whatever I do is what yes. creates, I'm not saying that's true that my parents only love me. If I did that, that's what I thought anyways. And that's what yeah. I felt. And that yeah. was when I got the, the words of affirmation that I needed. Mm-hmm. So I've associated what I do with, with worth. Yeah. Which is why you, there's that people pleasing, which is why there's that perfectionism. So that part of you that feels that way, um, she's, she's in, she's in, she's in, in a need of love from you. That's where this is. That's the, that's the, um, that's going to be the invitation here. The invitation will be to create a relationship with the unloved parts of you, the parts of you that feel different, the parts of you that, you know, that make mistakes, the parts of you, you, you know, and the, you, the, 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 the you that is quirky, that is, you know, that is you, is desperately wanting to be seen is desperately wanting your, your love. Cause you're, you know, that's going to be the, that's going to be it right there. Um, because otherwise everything else will be always really external and you will always be like mm-hmm. you know, with the waves. But if you're solid in how, who you are and how, you know, I know who I am and I love who I am. It doesn't matter what happens outside. So that's going to yeah. be the work. That's a very abstract idea to me where I'm like, I remember I went to therapy a long time ago and it, I was talked about confidence and she was like, I was like, I don't understand how you're going to take me from not being confident. Like that, that to me is like, feels yeah, like an impossible that. thing. <laughs> I totally had the same, very similar. My mother was very controlling. She pushed me, pushed me like, you know, and I, and now that I've, I'm over, I'm over it. Yeah. I can benefit of it and I can go back and appreciate it and I can see why it had to happen that way and why that had to be part of my like spiritual curriculum. Uh, but it what that, you know, I didn't have confidence. I had zero confidence. Like I was afraid to speak up. I was afraid to ask for anything. When you said I was afraid to ask for a bride, I was the same way. I remember specifically like waiting outside her door being like, oh my God, I'm afraid to ask her for that. I mean, it was yep. like a I couldn't ask for anything. I also was afraid of confrontation. Uh, I was afraid of public speaking. I was afraid, you know, a very, very, very similar journey. Um, and I got over it. I was able to break through it. And, you know, and through the things that I'm going to show you, I was able mm-hmm. to break through it. So it is possible. Um, and it's all, and it, and it was all happening for you. And you also gained a gift. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that one of the homework assignments um, is, um, I'll, I'll tell you, is like, it's this really powerful, you know, where, and, you know, usually I would do it in a session, but when you go back in time and you look back at all of your lifetime, the memories that stick out and you 
own it. You own, own the lows, you know, um, as coming from the perspective of I am spirit having a human experience. So it's not Michelle because Michelle gets hurt. Michelle have the emotional charge. Michelle will, you know, you'll get that you'll, you know, you'll, you'll get, you'll feel something. But if you come back from that neutral standpoint of seeing like I'm spirit having a human experience, like I am the universe, like this, this, this was a perfect recipe. This all had to happen in this exact way. Like, like you chose your parents. Um, you had to get that exact DNA. I mean, you could have, you could have, you know, and if you've ever seen um, like the, the chances of two people coming together, like, it all organized so you could be born from those exact people in that exact scenario. And so coming back, looking at it like as if in, it's information and that it's, it, it, you know, you gained something, then you can really go back and gain the, gain the wisdom and the gems and why it happened, have an appreciation. And it really, it really changes your relationship to your past. So it no longer, you know, it's another, another way to not let it bleed through into the present. Mm-hmm. And is that just something I do? Like I just sit down and just like give myself 10 minutes or whatever minutes and sit down and I just take myself through that on my own. I would first center myself and I would go back in time, you know, from maybe your earliest memory um, and go back to like, you know, the parts where you like, even the things that you mentioned in this questionnaire or the things that you remember of like that, you know, kind of like make you cringe a little bit of like that you either, you either did or was done to you. Okay. And it from the perspective is life is happening for me. That all happened for me that, you know, I'm coming back. Like this is, I'm spirit having a human experience. Like it, it, you know, it was part of the spiritual, it's a, you know, it's part of my spiritual curriculum. It's part of the universe. Like, you know, coming in from that, like very high, larger context, um, not living in it. Mm -hmm. And do I have to come up with the why it happened or do I just assume like, there's an overarching, like, you know, do you I can, need to come up yeah, with the why to believe whatever, it or <laughs> whatever you feel, whatever, you know, go in with your, you know, intuitively, whatever feels okay. good for you. I mean, you can, you can go in and be like, you know, what did I gain from that? What was the wisdom of that? Why did that happen okay. that exact way? Why wasn't, why did life organize that situation for me to, to experience that why? You know, for me, like I went through, you know, in my life, um, going through, I went, you know, had an abusive relationship and I have a lineage of like my family, the women in my life, um, my, like all the way, up, you know, like exploitation of women, you know, in my, in my generational lineage, um, like, uh, you know, sexuality, like just, you know, abuse, mm-hmm. rape. So, um, for me, you know, I can see like, you know, it was very important for me to like change the script because I refused to have that play out for my daughter. Like that was Mm. the biggest catalyst for me starting this journey. Um, and, you know, and going back and seeing all of the things that happened, I can see like how strong I am, how resilient I am, how uh, much compassion and empathy I am, you know, and I have, um, and, you know, and, and like, what I, why, like what, why it had to happen that way for me to like, so that I could be this person right now. Mm -hmm. And when you say you're looking back, right. And I do that is, am I looking back at, can it be like, not, can it be, but is it okay? You know, my parents were like this in general, or is it, you want me to think about specific moments in time and memories specifically? Yeah. Okay. I think of a memory. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Something that, um, is, has a charge. Okay. 
you know, something I, that... I struggle to think of like, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure you experience this a lot. Like it's, it's hard for me to, to find things. Like mm-hmm. I just don't remember a lot. Yeah. And it, you might not. And, but once you like, you might, you might, you know, for me, like things started to open up once I started to kind of relax and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that, that this work is really powerful for doing that as well, for unlocking the mind. That just might be another protective mechanism. They may just be more that, you know, you just don't want to remember, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you weren't present, maybe, you, you know, so like it might be locked up in your subconscious might be nothing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So maybe it's just like, if I try hard enough, I'm sure I could Yeah, I just maybe, don't ever do that. And I think it's more of like not trying, you know, it's again, like more of like relaxing and allowing it's oh, okay. you know, deeply listening, not trying hard at all. There's no doing, this is more of a being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Just it's like, practice. Yeah. That's okay. Practice. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a practice. And I should be doing this every day. I assume. There is no should. It's okay, more of like, right. you, know, you get to, if you would like yeah. to do it every day, like I wouldn't do the timeline every day. What I, you know, if I were to okay. come up with a, with a, some sort of practice, it would be for sure. Like some sort of meditation that, um, you know, some sort of meditation where you can, uh, you know, open up your awareness, um, connect, you know, connect to something larger than you. That is like the key right there um, where you get to like, you expand beyond your body. Um, mindfulness practices are very powerful where you are, you know, you're using your senses, you are, um, ex- you know, learning how to observe, observe rather than judge. And um, that's going to be very powerful so that like whenever, you know, something comes up your way, the first, the first reaction usually is like, oh my God, you know, judgment, like some some personality comes in and interprets the data that way. But what you can, you know, once you start to witness, you start to witness like, oh, this is interesting. I wonder why this is here. I wonder why the universe has organized this, or I wonder why I brought this in, you know, and then you just allow things to unfold. It just becomes a completely different relationship with reality. Um, when you're coming from like, from that space rather than. Mm, It sounds like a much happier way to approach all things in life. <laughs> it's a freedom. Yes. It's yeah. A freedom. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, let me see if there's anything else here before we keep, before I go into the juice of it, kind of like the, um, the, like, oh, that wasn't even the juice. <laughs> um, I think we get, we got, we got a lot of it. Um, I wanted to also add about the, you know, the, the rage, um, two things, the, the, you know, what was your upbringing like? So your father, you said ragey. So what rage does is it is, it becomes very unpredictable. I don't know who Mm -hmm. I'm going to, the shoe might, the shoe might drop, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's always that like alertness, um, which might actually be what gives you anxiety. Cause like, you're never really allowed to relax. You're Mm -hmm. always like, what's going to happen is something's going to happen, you know? Um, so with the anxiety, um, something that's really been very powerful is I had a lot of anxiety myself. And, um, so first I would, you know, for anybody that has anxiety, that's listening to this, this is, you know, just like redefining what anxiety is. So anxiety is really just energy. If you, once you start to learn how to witness and you start to notice and witness the anxiety, it's really just energy. You'll actually notice it's a tensing of the muscles. It's like something's moving through you or like, you know, it's like your energetic space is like distorted for a moment, you know? And so that's, the idea is to create a relationship with this energetic experience. So it's not scary. You're not making it wrong. You're not making it bad. You're not like labeling it like, oh my God, I've got some sort of mental something. I'm dealing with this. It's a condition, a disease, whatever. Because then you make it something bigger than it really is. 
it's just like an alert. It's an alarm system. Like, okay, you know, and, and what I like to do is when it, when it first happens is like, okay, what did I think about right before I, I'm having this experience right now? Like what made me anxious? What did I, you know, and I can usually catch the thought and then I go and I just follow the thread of the thought of why that bothered me so much and why it's creating the anxiety. And then, um, and then I resolve it. And then, you know, and so you're able to resolve the root. And that's why the anxiety is happening. It's happening for you. It's letting you know, oh, there's mm. something here that's bothering you. You know, life will bring it up for you because if it's unconscious, it's like below the iceberg, you can't see it, you know? So we want it to be up here. You know, we want it to be up here so you can deal with it, so you can feel it, so you can experience it. Um, sometimes there's an emotion tied to it. So being, you know, like feeling it, like, feels like I feel, you know, I'm feeling grief right now. I'm feeling unworthy. Okay. So feel unworthy, feel the depths of the unworthiness. I'm, I'm unworthy. I'm alone. There's, you know, there's nobody that, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I don't know when this is ever going to end. Right. And just really feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. Sometimes screaming into a towel is really, is really, is like, especially when you have voice, you know, you're not like, that's can really be really, really um, like that primal scream. Like the scream you've never screamed before can be so. Mm, I'm going to try oh, that. Oh my God. That is so good. Um, it's going to be like, out. what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah. Well, and for those like of <laughs> those of us that don't scream, I mean, I, cause I know I just started taking singing lessons. So that has been like so beautiful and powerful because I'm trying to like, really like, Re, you know, reactivated, like, you know, which is something yeah. I was going to share with you anyway. Um, so anything to do with the throat, but the scream is really, really great and important screaming for joy, screaming for, you know, going back in memory and, and you know, seeing your, something with your parents or whatever that really affected you. And there's like, you know, and just scream, like scream it out. It's really, really like, um, it's medicinal. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that just knowing that I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I am safe now. Mm-hmm. I'm safe now. Like I, I, my, like my father isn't here. Life is yeah. safe. Everything, like I'm already safe. Everything is already okay. You know, just reminding that little girl, like mm-hmm. adult Michelle, I'm here. Mm-hmm. You can trust me. You can trust the world. Like we're safe, you know? Um, so that's going to be a really important work. Um, the passive aggressive of your mother, that was, um, so that was there. That's like a, that's like a non-communication. That's like saying something, but meaning something else, something else. So that's not speaking truth. So again, another theme here, like of not speaking truth and, you know, and my mother didn't do it. Therefore, like maybe I'm not supposed to, you know, like, it's just like, again, awareness of just like Mm -hmm. where this all might be coming from. Um, let's see here. Um, yeah, it's so crazy. Um, uh, no, about me, like I see, me, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. It's you know, it's interesting, and if yeah. it's showing up, that means that I still have work to do. So that's oh, yeah, and it's that's okay, you know, because yeah. like I have big dreams, you know, and if yeah. and the universe will give me the exact mirror that we, you know, the exact mirror universe will organize the exact initiations, the exact challenges for you to face. To, for your soul growth, you know? So you meet them, like whatever it is, like whatever it is you meet and you're like, this is, this is for my soul growth. It's happening for me. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole paradigm shift, but that's what, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So um, I can send you this document if you want, but um, one of, you know, the first thing that I see here is like, it's going to be, is first off before I go in, is there anything, anything that you want to say or before I go into like my recommendation? 
Um, no, this has been amazing. Uh, one thing when you were talking about the anxiety and the, I had a bit of an aha last Saturday, Dave, my partner and I like to hang out in our music nook and we listen to music and like one night a week we do like, we're not going to watch a movie. We're just going to sit and listen to music. And I, I have found it's been very like, it's been like a meditation for me. And, um, we have this tree right here. I'm looking at it now. I'm not going to be looking at it for long, but it's, it's really badly cracked. And so, um, it's like, gonna bust our house if we don't deal with it we have to take it down in three days anyways uh it was a storm coming in and I was start I was like oh my god now my like now I'm stressed and I was like shit like my anxiety is starting to ride and then all of a sudden I had this aha and I was like so whatever I I can't do anything about it I can't go out there and cut this tree down right now so I can enjoy the night and nothing happens or enjoy the night and something happens. But either way, I, if I have anxiety the entire time and let it ruin my night, then I now have a tree that either didn't fall down or did fall down. Plus a night filled with anxiety for something that I can't control. So I actually wrote it down because I was like, Oh, Hey, anxiety. Like maybe I try to have awareness when I'm feeling that, which is, you know, I've been starting to try to do this. Like, so Michelle, if you disappoint a client, What's the worst that can happen? Okay, so if the trade isn't going to fix that situation, what can you do instead? Mm-hmm. Replace it yourself, whatever. You know, like it's money. What, so yes. it's been something that I've like, I can relate to that. And I obviously have, you know, need to continue to work on that and, and do that. Um, and yeah, so. That's huge. Yeah, so, I felt it was huge. I was like, oh my God, I'm writing that down. Yeah, huge, huge. Because you, you changed the dynamic. Mm-hmm. The anxiety used to run you. It used to, like you were a slave to your anxiety. And now you've changed your relationship, the agreement with your anxiety. You're like, no, mm-hmm. I don't have to be anxious right now. Oh, whoa. So now mm-hmm. you're in control. You're in, you know, like that's a huge change. That's huge. That's a mm-hmm. big shift. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was like, holy shit. Dave. And I told Dave, I was like, Dave. <laughs> another thing too, um, in the nook, a different time, uh, I actually was talking to Dave. I was, I just say a lot of things. I think of things and I say them and he always just yeah, lets me. And I, said, yeah. and I said to him, I said, I want to say thank you that you let me just talk. And because I felt like I, what I realized was like, I feel like I know I shouldn't rely on somebody else, but I was thanking him for letting me just say weird shit and whatever I'm thinking and feeling and like just taking it in and not saying I'm stupid. And I get very triggered if I feel like I say something and he shuts me down like that. Like, I don't want to say something and you make me feel stupid. So it was this like moment of like, thank you for allowing me to do that and just be me, you know? Yeah. Especially in, you're when you're in your life where you didn't feel like safe to do that and didn't want to do that, or were trying to change yourself from doing that. It's very powerful. And also just watching, like, you know, make me feel like just owning Mm. how you feel because he can't make you feel anything. Like all he is, is he's, he is presenting like information data, you know, like and you are interpreting it and sometimes it comes in as a projection like if the smaller self is coming in and interpreting as like I'm stupid oh man he made me stupid it's very easy to blame so just you know making sure bring the finger back here yeah yeah fair we all do it we all do it in some way Mm -hmm. okay just kind of okay so um 
one of the things I feel like one of the, you know, like that's the idea of the timeline. So it's the, the first thing that I feel like, um, could, you could, you know, there's an invitation here to, to work on is the acceptance of your parents and your past. Um, so accepting them and you may have already done this, but for those, you know, I, I, I don't know yet, but for anybody that is experiencing, this is a very powerful work to do is to accept your parents and really accept them for who they are, knowing that they tried their best. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, they likely learn, it's all learned behavior. So they likely learned it from their parents. And this is just a, you know, um, and that it was a perfect ingredient, perfect ingredient for, for who you are in the world and who you're meant to show up, you know? So like, so at some point thinking it, you know, so accepting it and thanking them, accepting the past and thanking the past and really gaining the nuggets from it, which Mm -hmm. is where that, that, that timeline, um, you know, comes from. Um, the next thing would be the acceptance of the highs. So not only would you go down and do the lows, you would also do the highs, you know, cause this has to do with finding your own value and worth. So going back and owning your highs so that you can really own your awesomeness, like, yes. you know, like that time that I did that and that and that and that, you know, whatever. And you go back in your meditation, you own it and you like, you feel like, yes, like that was me. Yeah. I did that was me. I did that. And even maybe even going a step further and, and, you know, and, and telling, seeing that version of you and telling her what she needed to hear in that moment or reminding her of that she's enough, you know, and like going through those timelines and owning those, that was, a, that's a really powerful, um, you know, thing also, because we want to make sure to own those highs and it will, it will, you know, like change who you are in the present moment, just by changing the way that you feel about the past. The next thing um, that I would uh, do if we were working together um, and you can do on your own is to work on those adapted selves. So those, you know, the subpersonalities. So we've, you know, some of the ones that I've identified here, the not feeling good enough, the perfectionist, you probably have a critic in there. It might be one of your parents' voices, people pleasing, the part of you that's like mute or quiet, you know, mm-hmm. the, um, the procrastinator. Um, and most, I mean, have many, 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 many of these. So, you know, that's, um, and, uh, and so the idea is to not want to kill them off. The idea is to love them because they are actually you. They are like, they are parts of you. And, and, um, and, and if you dig in deeper, you'll see that they may even, even like be turned into like characters almost. Um, but they are, they, they are you, they're functioning as you, they're, they're serving you greatly. They're protecting you. They're keeping you loved, keeping you connected, keeping you safe, keeping, keeping you secure. And they've been working your entire life, you know, like, so really deeply learning to love them, um, giving them compassion and then finding out what they need, you know, like, mm. why, here? why do you keep showing up procrastinator? Why do you keep, sh- why are you stopping me from speaking? Like, what are you protecting me from? Are you protecting me because you think that if I speak up, I'm not, I'm not going to get loved. I'm going to, you know, and, you know, so like, so then what do you need then? You need my love. And then, so you learn to give those parts of you and you feel into their essence. You learn to give those parts of you love and attention and whatever it else else that they're needing and you start to create a relationship with them and you'll see that they will they'll like won't show up as often they're showing up because they still need the thing that they're not getting okay stupid question maybe but like give them love yeah so what does that look like what's that what does that look like yeah like is it trying like Cause there's the, uh, you know, I can say it, but like believing, is it trying to find, is, is giving them love, finding like, what is the value or what it gave you? Like totally appreciate way, I guess. Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you for showing up. The other way would be like to really like connect heart to heart. Like, God, thank you. 
thank you. I love you. Like, I like, especially when you feel that little girl, you know, when you like, you see her, like you actually see like your seven-year-old or five-year-old self, you know, and you just see her like, why? I mean, I saw that when I did this, this work for myself. Um, oh my God, it was so crazy. And it, and it actually was tied to my daughter. Like I saw in, in one of the exercises, I've done this many times, um, but one of the exercises I saw my daughter, um, when her teeth first came in, they were like big, bright, white, like chiclets. Mm. And um, it was so cute. And in my my own imagery, my own like getting to know my little girl self that I felt where I felt unworthy, um, I saw my own little, like I had the same thing. And I yeah. and, and it had effect, I had been feeling a certain disconnection with my daughter. And it was because I was feeling a disconnection with my little girl. And so mm. once I resolve that. And once I like, Oh, I, I like, you know, I virtually hu- like I hugged her inside, you know, like I hugged mm-hmm. her and I felt her and I, you know, like I really connected to her, my relationship with my daughter changed, you know, it, like it elevated it. It was so interesting how it all works. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, just checking in with yourself, you know, and there is, um, there are, there are, you know, there, yeah, inner child work is basically what you'd want to do. Um, and these are things like you're doing, like when I'm sitting quietly and thinking about it. Yeah. Yes. It's always talked about is like when I'm trying to catch myself in, in things like when I am procrastinating, catching and being mindful of it and then trying to understand and appreciating why I'm doing it. Yeah. Procrastinator. Thank you for stopping me because you're, you're, I know that you're stopping me from whatever that is from like, from, from making a fool out of myself, from feeling, from, you know, from failing, from losing the, my, the love of my parents and the people around me. Thank you. And, you know, and then, you know, reminding that part that like, and you're going to have to, you have to dig deep, you know? Um, and this is obviously easier. It's usually easier, you know, with somebody to, to help you, you know, like, like me, obviously. Well, I'm but wondering, do you do one-on-one work or are you all? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, of course. I, I do one-on-one. Absolutely. And I have a course actually that's going to be, um, that I'm going to, I'm offering like a live group course, but you know, I do one-on-one. I do, I do group. Um, yes, yes, I do. Um, yeah. And you can tell yeah. everybody at the end too, how they can as well. And okay. so I'm going to find out then. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. This has been amazing so far. Okay. Yeah. And what yeah. else am I doing? What else? Um, yes. So, um, uh, so I wanted to also talk to you quickly about communication. So confrontation does not have to be conflict. Like it doesn't have to be, it's just communication. So it's going mm-hmm. to be, you know, the reason why you likely have created that when I communicate or when I have to speak up because you, you know, you're envisioning your parents, that whole scenario. Right. And mm-hmm. so remembering they're not my parents, remembering like, um, that, um, you know, uh, that it can just be communication and then doing things to feel safe. So what I used to do was I would, um, and I, you know, somewhat still do it, but not as much anymore because, but I, I, oh, I still always do, but I pre- at least prepare what I'm going to say, like in bullet yeah. points, even if, you know, just so that I know, you know, because like, I want to make sure that I'm not coming from a sub-personality. I want to make sure that I'm coming from an adult Monica in truth, you know, right. um, so I'm not shaky and you, you know, this is, this is matter of fact, like yeah. I get so shaky, whatever. Yeah. Well, and that's why if you have it written down and prepared, you don't have to, you're not, not this isn't something you're going to want to wing yet. You're not until you feel like you can trust your voice, mm. you know, and you can trust that you're going to be received in that way. Like you, you feel like you feel safe. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wing it, um, write it out, write it out bullet points, like what you're going to say. And also, so you're complete. Cause when you're nervous, like you miss, yeah. you miss 
manifestation. A blackout. Um, the second thing you can do is um, if it's something that really scares you, could be like a visualization. So visualizing yourself saying the news, visualizing them receiving it exactly the way that you want it to. Most of the time, pe- most people that I meet don't actually think about how they want the news received. They just wing it and they're like, oh, and then when mm. it's... They- they get it like uh, some sort of response. They're upset because it wasn't how they wanted it, but they never really thought about how they wanted it to begin with. So visualize, you know, the actual conversation happening, you feeling, ah, I said it, I said it confidently. I said it, you know, whatever. And then, you know, and then actually receiving it and getting what you feel and feeling grateful. And, you know, so, and visualization is powerful because the brain doesn't actually know we have what are called mirror neurons. The brain doesn't actually know that it's that it's not real. It actually believes, imagination believes that it's real. You can, you can develop confidence that way. You can develop, I mean, people have been able to increase their, you know, percentage of their free throw abilities and their piano and by visualizing, very powerful. And visualization also is how we attract and manifest, you know, so you could, you, there's a light, more of a likelihood for you to get the outcome you want when you're intentional in that way. Mm. The other thing I do is I, I, um, if it's something that I'm like afraid to say or confrontation or something, I, I make sure I know that there is an energetic agreement between me and that other person. So I've learned to, um, to do like a meditation to open up my heart before I go in because the opposite of that is a closed heart. So this, you know, when you get defensive it's in, and in fear, it's a closed heart. So what you want to do is you want to open up your own heart and you'll see that that person, there's more of a likelihood for their heart to be open so they can be open to receiving the message. And if you go in with fear and a closed heart, that's what you're yeah. going to get back. So it's using the power of energetics in this way and integrating it into your everyday life. It's very, it's a powerful, I mean, I, yeah. Okay. Um, that's the sort and, of stuff. And does the power of energetics work virtually like if I'm having a call slash a okay of course consciousness consciousness has no time yes okay. that's why you feel people from all over the world they've tested it they've seen it they've done they've actual science have shown that they've they've actually measured when we when we set an intention from here all the way in Africa the alarm goes off they've been able to measure it wow yeah um yes and then the other thing I would um that that, that I feel like there's the invitation to work through is your is your there's your throat so like voice, practice speaking up, practice standing up, singing, shouting, chanting, practice setting boundaries, um, trust, you know, and all the things I told you, like the, you know, change, like the preparing for the, for the confrontation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. <sighs> I was so nervous for today. I feel like I held it together for the most part. Oh, yeah. Um, that was amazing. So Okay. Well, let's start by you telling everybody where they can find you, learn more about how they, how, why don't you tell everybody you were talking about ways people can work with you. So what are those ways? Cause yes. I would like to know, but also I'm sure other people would, and then how they can find you. Yes. Um, so you can find me on www.monicae as an Erica Reyes.com. Um, that's my website. Um, you can connect with me through there. Um, if you're interested, you can always book a free consult, free session. So we can, you know, experience a shorter version of this, but you'll definitely get value out of it. Um, and uh, I do, I do work one-on-ones. The minimum that I work is a three month because I yep. do deep work, you know, like this is like sur- surface. So we would in, in essence go through all of these things and work, you know, this is the plan that we've created and we will go yep. through all of those things, you know, on a 90 days, 90 days. First session is two hours and then we just, we dig in and we, you know, go through. And um, is it once a week or how, how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Once a week, virtual via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And, um, yep. And you have, you'll have, you know, we use, um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of education because, you know, kind of learning like, okay, who the hell am I? Like, what is, what is, you know, what, what is energy and how do I, you know, what are the principles and, um, and what are these, you know, and we go through this like program. Um, the other thing, and then the other thing that I've just, I'm launching, um, and, uh, is launching in a few weeks is, um, it's called the remembrance and it's a group program. Um, and so it's more of, um, it's, it's a, you know, it's a pre pre done program, but it's very, you know, very similar things. We won't, we won't go in deep, but you'll learn, you know, you'll learn a lot about it and you'll experience, we will go deep in, certain sessions. I mean, obviously you can't replace one-on-one because it's, you know, it's all very customized, but it's still going to be a very powerful program. Um, and it's, um, it's a six week program and we go through, um, you know, every, everything that we would go through in the one-on-one we would, we would go through together. Um, so it's still going to, but you just do it with others. You just do it with others, you know, basically. So we would be, you know, and you get to use others and connect with others in ways you'd likely haven't been, which actually might, would, I could see the benefit for you um, because, um, uh, you know, depending on how you felt about, you know, working through your stuff around others. um, But it, you know, we hold a very, very powerfully beautiful, unconditional love space, but um, it is, there's the speaking, it's the speaking and learning Mm -hmm. um, in this program. What you'll learn is like the power of what it feels like to be witnessed from non-judgment to be able to say, you know, really powerful exercises. Yeah. That's intense. Um, there's one thing like I, I've, it hasn't happened as much lately and it might be even happening now, but one thing that I've always struggled with, I'm curious if you've worked with anybody who's had this, um, it's, I, I, it's hard for me to admit, but I like chronic blushing. Have you worked with anybody who struggled with that? When I think it has, What's that? How, you said struggled. So what, what about it? What, what is, so, how I just like, it, it doesn't happen as much to me anymore, but right up until corporate. So, which was like four years ago, um, I couldn't sit at a table uh, at a meeting or one-on-one with my boss. And I feel like you just, what you just said resonated for me. Cause I feel like I must be assuming judgment and my body, like my, I get red and then I feel humiliated because it's, it's like I get red and sweaty. And then the worst is when people comment on it in my head of boss, he used to be like, you're, you're right. You know, we got, and, and it was just like this, it was as if like, it was like my face was like betraying me in a sense, even though, and yeah. it's, and it, and it's weird. You because, was happening on the inside. Yeah. And the, and the worst part about it is my face will go red. It's, it's very bizarre. I don't know what this is when, uh, I'm talking to somebody and I assume they think I'm lying, even though I'm not, my face goes red and which part I feel like I look like I'm lying. It's fucking weird, but I don't, it doesn't happen as it does still every now and then it will happen. And it happens in the weirdest time. Sometimes it even happens with Dave, my partner, who I feel very safe around, but, um, and it used to be just like, it was just, it was a very embarrassing thing that used yeah. to happen and it still does periodically. And it just, I feel like it just, people, I, I, I assume people look at me and they're like, well, she's lying or she can't be trusted or she clearly like is weak or, and anytime I see anybody doing it, I just like, I feel such an empathy for them. Cause I'm like, you know, and I'm just, no, don't talk about it. You know, so anyways, I was just curious if like, wh- yeah, it, it sounds but, just like a 
like a physical manifestation of an emotional experience. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we do. You know, that's what, that's yeah. kind of like the anxiety. It's like, you know, it's just what, what happens. Um, it's linked to some sort of emotional experience. And I could see, um, and it's interesting, like that, that was your perception. Like they must be thinking this, 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 and this. And Which like, then just makes it worse. Yeah. When I see somebody blush, I think, you know, oh, they're shy or they're, you know, or they're, they're, they're uncomfortable or, you know, like that's what I would immediately think. But, you know, and so you, you it's, a, it's, it's, you know, but it's interesting what we see, we believe is happening in the world, uh-huh. um, you know, and, um, and, and just knowing that you can't possibly know what every single person is thinking because, you know, you're always coming from your windshield. Yeah. You're always coming from your your accumulation of your past and they're always coming from their, you know, accumulation of their past. Every conversation, you know, everything changes you. Um, so, uh, no, I've, I haven't worked with anybody with that specific manifestation, but many other different things. And, um, and it's always going to be the same. It's always going to be to change to, you know, I would always say the same thing around it would be to change first change your relationship with it so like not hate it not call it weird not not like it like just understand that it's you know it's like it's just a program it's a mental program that's you know some sort of like manifestation happening from whatever you're feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. Um, so not hating it like instead loving it and loving yourself, like your experience of it, because when you call it weird, you're calling you weird, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, you know, so just loving yourself through it. Um, And, um, you know, and uh, that's where I would start with that. That's where I would start with that. Um, And, and then not trying to like, not trying to, you know, make assumptions about what other people think about you. Cause they're probably, Mm -hmm. they're probably distorted. You're probably thinking, you know, how you think about you. Yeah. Not what they think about you. Right. You know? So, yeah. Um, oh, I'm going to go have some wine now. <laughs> this is going to go live, not next week, but the week okay. after. And uh, I will share a link with you and I'm going to tag you okay. um, all the things. Thank okay. you so much. Awesome. Have an amazing weekend. Yeah, you too. Take Bye. care. So, yeah, that was intense. Um, it was it's some heavy stuff going on in there. And I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with a lot heavier stuff. But I think it just... It's just important for us, ever, for everybody to know that we all have shit to deal with. And I think it's really important that we deal with it. And um, I'm just so grateful for Katie's group and bringing kind of allowing me that opportunity to meet Monica and have that interaction with her. I am thinking about possibly working with her in the future. At this point, I'm just trying to get through so the ADHD therapy that I've finally gotten started on. So I'm very excited about that. So before I tell you to leave a review and all that good stuff, I want to share a little bit once again about the Biographical Design Collective. We all know the importance of our differentiator. Some call it an elevator pitch, competitive advantage. It's the thing that makes you different and the reason why someone should work with you over someone else. I left the three-day Business of Design immersion hosted by Katie and Rubin of the Biographical Design Collective with so much value. But without a doubt, the hugest thing for me was finally identifying and honing on my differentiator. I want to share something with you that really stuck with me. She said, the facts of the event are not the interesting part. It's the point of view of the event or the thing that makes it interesting. Here's the thing. People automatically assume that by working with a designer, they're going to get a well-designed space. If your differentiator is focusing on how great the space is that you're going to design or something equally generic like this, it's just not compelling because it's kind of just a given. 
What you want to do is find something about how you create, whether it's for your spaces or your process, whatever that is, that's different that people can connect with. So after my three days, I finally was able to hone in on what mine was and it's since evolved and I want to share it with you now. Your home should be a reflection of who you are and inspire memories that last a lifetime. It's more than furniture in a room, art on a wall, or decor on a shelf. It's about the details inspired by you, your home, and guided by our discerning eye that sees art in everything. We call this curated design. And this doesn't just happen. We make it happen through our creative process called the art method. This method uses art in unexpected ways and genuine curiosity to reveal the inspiration we need to create the home you've always wanted. What makes me different is so powerful. It was the foundation of my sales pitch because I finally, finally, four years later, actually made a sales pitch. It wasn't even on my list of to-dos until the three days. She helped us learn how to create a sales pitch. A week later, I actually had one put together in Keynote, which I now use. And I don't just go into consultations and hope that they're going to decide on their own that they want to work with me. Not only that, but my point of view helps me identify my ideal client. It now can help me create content for my social media, copy for my website, gives me an angle for how to approach magazines or TV. And all of this really helps helps me feel confident and powerful. If I had to use one word to say what these three days did for me, I would probably have to say clarity. There's something very unique about Katie. She has this ability to unlock something within you, to, to really ask the right questions to uncover your strengths, your values, figure out what you truly want. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm going to build a business, I ultimately want to love it. I want it to feel easy. I want to be able to move from my day to day, not feeling completely like I am losing my mind. It's really refreshing to learn from someone who wants to help you figure out what is right for you, as opposed to just telling you what you should do. She she stresses the importance of building processes that makes it impossible to fail, which really resonated for me in a period where I just kept doing things I felt like I should do, even though it didn't feel right for me or in alignment. And then when I wasn't doing it or I was resistant to it, I almost felt a bit of shame. Like, well, you know, if this is what you're supposed to do, why can't I just do it? But the truth is we're all different. We all have our own unique strengths, our own unique weaknesses. We have a set of values, mindsets, whether they're good or bad. And there's more than one way to get from point A to point B. And when you build a business catered to your strengths, you can ensure that the way you communicate that business and the way that you work is going to be the way that you want to do it and the way that you execute it. And at the end, they're getting exactly what they expected, aka impossible to fail. Since the three-day immersion, I've now become a part of Katie's group coaching, and I'm a proud affiliate of the Biographical Design Collective. If you're ready to create a business that you love that's in alignment with you, then go to biographicaldesign.com to learn more. And if you're not sure if it's a fit, schedule a call with Katie because I am sure she's going to help you find clarity with what you need. It's been a hot minute since I've asked for a review or for people to subscribe. I'm feeling a little rusty, but let's see. Let's see how if I can do this. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a review because the more reviews I have, the better guests I can get. And eventually, hopefully, for the love of God, get Amber Interiors, Shay McGee. I don't know. Dream big, right? You know what? Emily Henderson. I really want to talk to Emily Henderson because she has a dream business model as far as I'm concerned. That's kind of the dream. Anyways, leave a review. And if if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend. All the things. Anyways, guys, that's all I got for you this week. I'll see you next week. Bye.